0: You're listening to the Geek Saga Podcast. This episode contains audio from a discussion panel that was recorded at San Diego Comic-Con 2023.
1: All right, so we're good to start. Thanks for coming, everybody. We're having a
2: good Comic-Con. <laughs>
1: We're going to do is just do a little intro we'll help each, each panelist up here and then we'll kind of get the outline we're covering today for the podcasting panel so first my name is amin i'm a podcaster from the podcast spice and fire i also do basses at kingsbury so we, we started doing ice and fire and chrome stuff and we do a manual kind of convention stuff so we'll start with tara You can introduce yourself and uh, what we, what's your podcast and, and,
0: and, and hi i'm tara i run geek Dog entertainment which The two podcasts we have right now is a very spotty one called the Geek Saga Podcast and then uh, our regular genre-lit podcast, which is Sagas and Sass.
2: Yeah, and I'm uh, Varun Gupta. I am a BI engineer for the programming strategy team over at Amazon Prime Video. But in my free time, I do a ton of podcasts about anime and manga. The biggest one is the Demon Slayer podcast, where we talk about the anime manga Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba. Then our other like really nice one that I love is Saturday Night Shogi, where we talk about the manga publisher Shogaku Kahn.
3: I'm Jonathan Egan. I'm a principal with, with Sagas and Sass with Terra. I've also participated in Vassals of the King's grave which is a spinoff of a podcast of Ice and Fire that started from the uh, original forums community, which is now on Discord. And we basically, as a group, try to determine what sort of genre or media we want to cover and a subset of us all uh, set up a podcast to do it, or times to do it. Well, this is really going to be an interactive um, panel, so if you see a particular topic and you have a question related to it, feel free to come up to the
1: mic here and ask a question. You don't have to wait till the end you can ask a question during the course of the panel. So to get us started, let's uh, just go into choosing a podcast topic and see well, how, how did you... Get into your, the podcast we did for us. The podcast of Ice and Fire we started in two thousand eight because we were waiting for George R. R. to write the next book, which was still doing a <laughs> book. got two by then, so we wanted to do something to fill the time. So we started doing podcasting. Was getting bigger around then, so we did an Ice and Fire podcast. We started with that
3: and then kind of spin off and started doing the other mediums like anime and manga. So how did everybody else get into
1: podcasting, and how did you choose your
3: topic? So I originally got into podcasting through a means, of the podcast of Ice and Fire. Listening to it, I used to cook my dinners to his podcasts. Uh, then eventually I met him at a convention and he invited me onto the podcast, Ice and Fire, which then evolved into the Vassals of the King's Grave. And then I met Tara and she wanted me basically to start a new literary podcast, and I jumped at the opportunity because I needed to. So, while I did not initiate any of them, I was lucky enough to find this community and build a, a series of friendships through this community.
2: For me, I was kind of roped into podcasting through my older sibling, um, and they do a podcast called Manga Mavericks where they talk about the manga industry. Um, so, I started guest hosting on that, and then I was like, oh, I really like this. I'm going to try doing it by myself with just some friends that I had. And then we realized that we kept talking about other topics like before recording so it reached a point where we just started making like four or five podcasts at once which is both really fun but also a nightmare because it's a lot of editing
0: yo god i feel you trust me i only have two so i don't know how you do that many my first podcast the geek saga podcast um the spotty one (laughs) in terms of recording that one came about because i had been speaking on a ton of panels um, at conventions for years and i always recorded them and i didn't really quite know what the point of recording them was if i wasn't going to share those recordings so i started by going back to i want to say i started it in early 2017 it might no it was early 2018 so i went back to just the previous year's panels that i'd been on the ones that were still timely and appropriate anyway and took those recordings and did some minor editing very minor editing and so that's how it started but it's kind of evolved into a podcast that does its own series of things at a time so last year we did um hot d takes which was about house of the dragon where we took like 10 hot takes from each episode and like summarized the episode and stuff and then currently uh, other than putting up random recordings from conventions. Uh, We're doing a series called 90s and Naughties Cringe Factor, where we rewatch like teen rom-coms from the 90s and early 2000s and talk about how (laughs) terrible they really are. Um, It's really hard to come up with three things we like about them, honestly. And then Sagas and Sass, that was a pandemic podcast. Um, It really started out as a live webcast where I just kind of took the audio from the webcasts and slapped them into podcast form, but now we've gone strictly podcasts and as Jonathan said it's a genre lit podcast so we cover usually just one series at a time we're currently doing the Red Rising saga by Pierce Brown it actually that one evolved too because it started out as just kind of here's a brief summary and then we're gonna shoot the shit. excuse my language for an hour or two Um, but now it's a lot more structured and super detailed like summaries and discussion of the book awesome
1: great the topic of editing came up which we'll get into a little bit later but I did I do want to kind of highlight the difference between this. there's one level of podcasting where you just host and you podcast and you enjoy that and then there are those who suffer as the editor that's a different role those who edit know what I'm talking about so but so it's kind of two different levels of experience so let's move on to finding hosts and co-hosts if you want to not do it yourself because it's really there's a divide there like the easier way to do it is if you do it with people you know already either online or in person because you already have chemistry uh, for us it was harder we at that time we didn't know a lot of people who were into the series so we just met online and then we kind of formed the chemistry over time so i'm just curious how did you find your co-hosts if you have any and was it online did you know them already or did you meet them
0: online well i mean sagas and sass is <laughs> obvious um for that one you know we were deep in 2020 and my day job was very very busy and i needed something to like unwind that wasn't playing red dead redemption so <laughs> um I put up a post on Facebook like, hey, I need to read more and I'm looking for people who are interested in talking about book series. Um, this, and we did the verse first and the show was coming out in 2021, the first season. So I was like, I wanna get these episodes out before this show comes out, you know? So I put a Facebook post up and it was all my friends. And honestly, um, with the Geek Saga one, that one's kind of all over the place. My, the current series that we've been doing, the Hot D Takes one, and then the 90s and Naughties one, um, it's the same co-host for each. He kind of just followed me from Hot D Takes into 90s and Naughties he's a really great co-host. But I found him kind of the same way. I was like, I want to do a House of the Dragon podcast, but I need my co-host to be somebody who has not read the books. So that's how I found that co-host. So yeah, it's, it's always been people I've known. I mean, I've definitely been on podcasts with people I don't know, but honestly I've been kind of in this industry, the industry <laughs> for lack of a better term for so long that I know a lot of people and I have a lot of friends who are interested in doing these sort of things. So it's made it kind of easy, much more easy than you guys had it.
2: <laughs> yeah, for me, I kind of met most of my co-hosts through Twitter before Twitter became the nightmare that it is right now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, But, yeah, I think, like, especially since I kind of cover, like, anime and manga news, uh, the anime and manga news, like, community is, like, pretty closely knit, I feel. So I already knew, like, quite a few people that had been on podcasts before or were, like, interested in doing podcasts. So, like, for instance, for my Demon Slayer podcast, most of the people on there are people that I just talk to in my free time about Demon Slayer. So it kind of just made sense to record our conversations and just make it a bit more organized and then release it. Right. So we'll make content out of it, everything we're talking about. Um, and then for Saturday Night Shaggy, one of my friends already was reporting a ton of news on Shogakukan manga on Twitter, and we wanted to kind of just get a bigger reach out there in like a different format, and so I talked to him about kind of just doing a podcast about it, and we just went from there and just planned out how we wanted to do our episodes. So I, I feel like I wouldn't necessarily do a podcast with strangers because I, I personally don't really feel like I can get that exact chemistry with people right off the bat. But I think, like, I really like having these conversations with friends and making those in the podcast.
0: Not to, like, jump on, you know, Jonathan's turn, but I will say this, that, like, most of – other than Jonathan, really, and um, my friend Nami, who isn't currently doing sagas and with us, but is coming back soon – other than them, the two of them, the friend I do the Geek Soga stuff with and uh, my other friend, Nick, I was, I would say like barely more than acquaintances with them and doing the podcast with them has made them some of my closest friends, which is really nice.
3: So as Tara mentioned, she sent out a Facebook invite and I jumped on it and with a little bit of announcement and false advertising because it was originally, I want to do this uh, sagas of SAS podcast and start with the Red Rising series, which I was all gung-ho and excited about. And then it took three years plus to get to the Red Rising series. As we did Listen, the he was taken forever and, with the and, books. And then the Naomi Novak series of Temeraire and after that oh and on and on and on. But since I've been on that podcast, I've been far less active with the Vassals podcast. And I have, over the last few years, tried to get up a group of Vassals to discuss Babylon 5. And I've failed twice and I'll probably try again soon because I hear there's some new uh, people on the Discord server who are interested in it. So maybe I can get a couple of Babylon 5 episodes. (laughs) Awesome. Well, our next topic will, will be. Do you have a question? I yeah, go on. Questions. Yeah. So I have a podcast right now with three people, and one
2: of them is sleeping And my good friend and I, he's like,
4: maybe we should bring
2: in my girlfriend. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Is it a nice way? <laughs> I mean, I
4: know you gotta be professional and honest with your partner and talk. <laughs>
0: I mean, honestly, that's not a, a situation I've been in with a podcast, but I ran Ice and Firecon for a decade and we have a small council and I had put a rule out a couple of years ago or so, I think <clears throat> when my significant other was like, I mean, if you need a small council member because we had a spot to fill and I was like, I really don't think that's a good idea. So, like, honestly, I I think just being professional about it and saying, like, hey, I I think we need to have a rule, like, no significant others on the podcast, because, I mean, you don't even, I don't even think you have to, like, couch it or give a reason. I think that that's a pretty, I think that's a professional rule to have, honestly, just no significant others, unless they're just guesting. But as a regular host? Yeah,
4: exactly. Totally for any regular host. Yeah. So is there a benefit to me, lives in Canada, I live in the U.S., and is there a benefit to, right now our third one is his friend that I brought in, and now we're all friends, so I'm wondering if it's a benefit to bringing in someone we don't know as our third, and like having that kind of answer, or if there's something about bringing in someone, both of us know, or maybe only one of us knows, like, that, that kind of dynamic, if you have any experience. So
1: we actually had that experience where we often lost hosts. If, if you're going to bring somebody else, try them up for a few episodes first. Kind of like an audition process with different people, and you can see who fits. That's and true. then make the final decision. And then your question, I think, is actually a little bit broader. I mean, you did this as an example of significant other. But just like, how do you add a new host? How would you have everybody who's currently on and be happy with it? So it doesn't matter if it's a significant other or whatever. If you're not happy with it, then don't yes. bring them on. That's going to that be your way to stop yeah. yeah. Thanks for your
4: time.
1: So uh, the next topic is planning episodes, whether how scripted it is. But I'm bringing it up as an example because we're gonna go off script now. Because you, you mentioned a few things, I, I wanna talk to that before we get into there. The first was uh, just the relationships you form through podcasting, like through, with your podcasters, but also with your audience. I think it's really interesting. And a, lo- a lot of times it's people, like, like John, you said even your wife was listening while, while you were cooking. And getting to know me, well, I didn't know them until I met them here. So it's kind of this interesting one-way relationship where your listeners get to know you and know your voice, and then suddenly they meet you, and you get to learn to meet them then. So have you experienced that? And the other question I'm going to put to the panel is, I think we all have long-running podcasts, but I'm curious if you know anyone who's just on a short topic, because I don't think you need to jump in and do a podcast for years and years. You could just choose a five- or ten-episode podcast, I think, and do that. So Any thoughts on that as well?
0: I've never done short form unless you count like the series that I do with uh, the Geek Saga podcast. But um, in terms of like meeting listeners, <laughs> again, mine kind of is is like the opposite where usually people come to my Podcasts and webcasts from like me talking about them at conventions honestly with the exception of with the Geek Saga podcast. I do uh, This year's the seventh year. I think six or seventh year Um, every year for over five years (laughs) We've been doing a what would I call? um, drinking con which is a pre dragon con webcast It's actually a live webcast. I do turn it into a podcast, which is another messy editing story but um I, I've been doing that for years and I have people come up to me at DragonCon and be like, oh my gosh, I watched your DrinkingCon podcast or webcast. That is so funny. So like that's literally the only experience I've had and it's a very like specific once a year niche. So
2: <laughs> for me, I feel it's kind of weird because like we've had like uh, interactions with people that are listening to our podcast that are actually much closer to us than we expected. Like one of my co-hosts, their like cousin just found our podcast randomly and started actively listening to it. And then we found out, we're like, wait, what? How did you even know about this when we never even told you about it? So it's kind of funny when that happens. Like, you're, you're reaching people that you didn't expect. It's honestly kind of satisfying when, like, someone tells you, like, even online or through an email, like, hey, I got into this series because you talked about it or you're, like, so enthusiastic about it. So, yeah, it's, it's really cool, like, having that fan interaction.
3: In more detail, when I listened to Amin's podcast originally, they mentioned on the podcast that there was this convention of ice and fire that they had gone to in Ohio in this small little uh, bed and breakfast that looked like a castle in the woods. And uh, it sounded like very fun. So then my wife and I, I dragged my wife to uh, it. She wasn't that into And we had a great time. That's where we met Tara. And then, you know, we, friendships formed and then this became part of our lives. And so this community is very important to me especially during the pandemic because <laughs> a lot of the activities during the pandemic were people I met through that ice and fire community and some of the podcasting committee to keep us sane during the pandemic. It, um, we had meetups and zooms and hangouts and games over the line so it was very valuable to me anyway. So if anyone
1: has a podcast if you have a special experience or a listener or something you want to share, feel free to come up. i about to move on the next topic come up any time or any other question so when you're planning episodes I'm just curious what do you do if uh, you're planning phase do you ever go as far as having like a fully scripted podcast I don't I just use a Google Doc I put the general topics we're covering and we can follow that but we feel free to stray from it that's, that's the approach I take but I'm curious
2: yeah for me I, I stick to the Google Doc format as well kind of just like general bullet points of like what we want to talk about um, I guess like one thing I've been pushing for recently with us is like bring on more people in manga localization, because I feel localization for uh, cop manga, especially is like very underrepresented, especially on the lettering front. So for like, when we do those types of episodes, I try to like do some research on the guest and then uh, try to like get a few bullet points on like different uh, conversation starters with them to kind of get an idea of who they are and like what kind of is really going into the leads with their work. Um, but generally I feel like, me and my co-host kind of, like, will always somehow diverge completely from our plan. So we kind of just, like, play it by ear and go with the flow, and whatever happens, happens. That's what editing's for at the end.
0: Yeah, I've never done a fully scripted one. Um, I, I definitely um, have listened to them, and I think they can totally work, but I think you really need like the right couple people. Assuming nobody's memorizing the entire script, you know, you need people who are going to be able to read without sounding like they're reading. With um, the Geek Saga podcast, like the series that we do, those are literally just ten bullet points or whatever of thing like ten cringy things about the movie that we just watch. Those sort of things. But um the sagas and sass one, it was way more freeform uh, when we started. And then we added a few episodes in, we added summaries of what we were covering in that episode um, and those of the book we were covering. So like we would usually cover, let's say if the book is split into three parts, we'd cover part one in an episode. So we'd write up, you know, not super detailed summary of part one. Well, those summaries have evolved and become way more detailed probably too detailed honestly so I guess you could say like the first like 10 minutes or so of our episodes is scripted in a way um and we do share nowadays we share a lot more like quotes and stuff so there there is scripting in there but the fun part about it is like seeing where the conversation goes like the time that Jonathan um we were, we were reading Red Rising. I don't know if any of you have ever read it, but there's this character who supposedly talks in a really deep voice. So he says his name in the book, and it should be, like, if you're reading it, ah, oh, like, really low, and Jonathan says, oh. <laughs> and that's just become, it's just become, like, a, jo- a huge joke with us, and I, I was actually, both when I was, when we were doing the podcast and when I was editing it, I was just cracking up over it. And that's the sort of thing that I think is what makes, it's what makes podcasts, like, More interesting to listen to is when there's just little moments like that that you absolutely know came out of nowhere, and those are the best ones usually.
1: Just want to give a quick advertisement
3: for you, John. There's a dogfight activation site outside, you can scan your (laughs) dash. Well, I mean, that that was totally spontaneous at the time. But uh, I I must admit, I I sort of prefer the freeform, and the vassal stuff I've done. Almost all completely freeform. mostly because the, most of the Vassals podcast episodes that I participated in have been instant reactions to either a TV show or a movie or a book, and occasionally I did I think one or two books, but it um, was much more instant reactions. So it wasn't really time to script We just sort of decided online a few days notice. Let's do this on Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, people are different. I, I like to have the writing out the notes there. Some people just like to look over it and not um, do anything because
1: they have an idea what's coming up. It also helps if you're having a guest on and then they're you know, feeling nervous if you can set the notes down. This is what I'm going to be talking about, this is what I'm going to ask about, so you get an idea of what's coming. So, I had
2: a question about kind of free form content. How do you handle knowing, having a good sense of like when to wrap up? Like when people have kind of made their points?
0: I guess it depends on if you're live or not, right? If you're just recording um, and you're, they're your friends and you're not worried about kind of hurting their feelings or whatever, um, you can literally just say, okay, okay, guys, <laughs> we got to wrap this up now. If you are live, it makes it a little bit harder, honestly, and that's part of the reason why I so rarely do live webcasts anymore. <laughs> but it, generally, it's 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 kind of like, okay, we're... we're Time guys, time. <laughs>
1: yeah, the, the live versus recorded is important. And also if you know they have limited you have to go in an hour or something, you have a limited time. If you know they have a limited time a couple hours, then you can give it more leeway. Uh, but if you know you have a limited time, then yeah, it comes with experience. But if you, you think you caught but you have to if they're going off thread that's a really good off thread, that might be better than what you plan to cover. Mm-hmm. So you have to make a judgment on the fly. And that just comes from experience and doing it over time. Yeah, yeah, and I think yeah. it's
3: important that even if you don't officially have a moderator, you sort of, as a group, we sort of know Tara is our moderator on Saga's Task, <laughs> or if I'm on team's podcast, the me tends to be the moderator, and we just go with their flow. If they're ready to wrap it up, we just wrap it up. <laughs> awesome, thank you. question, thanks. All right, so talk about recording equipment a bit, and
1: I just wanted the bare minimum you can do to get in here is get get a headset. Like, it doesn't have to be the most advanced thing, but get, get a headset to prevent echo cool. because it's one person's audio quality is bad, it ruins experience. I know not my home podcast people <laughs> That's my initial comment, but I'm just curious, like what kind of equipment do people use? I'm gonna be embarrassing because
3: I have this weird computer that whenever I try to plug in a headset we get a, we got a hiss constantly. So my computer has actually been better without a headset, so I haven't been using a lot of Well, do you have headphones at least? Like, are they no, slow? I okay. have nothing in it. And it just, every time I try to use
2: anything, it just hisses horribly. So like, I, I, I probably need to it <laughs> 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 sounds like it. <laughs> uh, I don't really use like a headset, but I use like a, a wired, like, so earbuds, just because I, I prefer earbuds over like a, a It's just hour. you don't want that echo coming back. It's yeah. not just like you have yeah. to talk in it, but you need
1: something
0: to go in your ear. You don't want the echo coming from I yeah, can't stand so earbuds. So I, my previous setup was just headphones. Uh, I can't remember the brand, but they were nice, like, I don't know, $90 headphones or something, uh, but they did not have like I, I had an actual, that mic right there, the blue one yeah. <laughs> on an arm at my desk. The problem with that, and I, I don't know if it was the mic I got or the room I was in or whatever, but that mic had terrible echo. Like no matter what I did, no matter how much I played with the gain and the volume. And I had a, um, I can't remember what it's called, the little filter thing <laughs> that that you put in front of the microphone. I had one of those obviously. But so now currently at the moment, I am using a Steel Series headset, which is a gaming headset. It's a really nice gaming headset. But the Steel Series, the first version I had lasted me years and years and was amazing. Like the the sound quality, honestly, was as good or better than any mic I've ever heard people record on. But the current, this is like the third set I've had of them. And the last one died on me. And this one is now giving me popping noises randomly throughout my recording. So on Prime Day, I bought a, a Cherry microphone. Um, and cherry it's they used to do uh mixers they probably still do but it's it's a sound company that's been around for a long time it wasn't like the cheapest prime day deal but i looked up reviews and everything and i really liked what they were saying one of the things being i think the one i have is a cherry it's like 9.0 or something like that so it's the highest level of their mics and the entire microphone glows red when you're muted which is amazing. I haven't I haven't actually recorded with it yet, so I can't promise anything about sound quality, but uh, the reviews I read, and I did listen to some recordings that people did on it in the reviews as well, sounded really good. So I've got my fingers crossed that the recording is good because I really like the fact that it glows red when I'm muted. Because I don't usually mute myself, but when I do, I'd say at least 50% of the time I forget to unmute myself.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have to break the bag like my point. Like, I think no. you guys started at hundred dollars get something good And what's interesting we all do online stuff so if you record it in person with people then that's something you have to specifically look for
0: like uh, i would say like the, the cherry mic normally runs like 120 which is about the same as the blue mics um and then the little snowball ones those are way cheaper those are like 50 bucks or less and i have a lot of friends who have been podcasting for like a decade or more who use the little snowball ones and love them so you you know you can get a mic for fairly affordable prices, um, like you said, you don't have to break the bank, but some sort of headphones, even if they're earbuds. Uh, I like over ear just because I, I don't like earbuds, but also I like having that just sort of, I can't hear anything else around me. <laughs> so yeah,
2: I guess on the microphone front, I, I definitely can uh, second the Snowball. I have a lot of friends that still use Snowball and it comes up great. I'm not a fan of the Blue Yeti though. For some reason, it always picks up way too much sound, and I hate it. I think it's too strong. I think
1: it might be better if you're doing it with two people in person. I think it's better designed for multiple people
2: yeah, than I feel. it like, really
1: overkill for one person, like it yeah. gets a dogfight to make quality though.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, like right now, I, I kind of uh, spent a lot of money on a microphone. It's a uh, Rode like, uh, NT1A, which is like a really nice microphone, but I wouldn't recommend starting out with that. But if you want to get into podcasting, just go with like a Blue Snowball. Like, yeah it's gonna sound good and i feel like at the end of the day like you're going to be able to fix a lot like once you're editing and going through the entire process
0: that's interesting though that i'm not the only one now i feel better yeah. that i'm not the only person who's just had not a great experience with the the blue yeti like
1: i was like if going want a closet record just to keep it outside, it worked. <laughs> yeah,
0: it, I just, I mean, honestly, I, I, I honestly was like, is it me? Is it my room? It, did I just get a bad mic? But no, I, I think you're right now that I'm thinking about it. I, I don't know that it, well, I mean, I lived, I lived by myself when I was using it, too. So, like, there wasn't really a lot of background noise for it to pick up. But it just, it was just very, like, tinny and echoey, so. good well, the question
1: here, we'll get into editing, is just how often do you record? So, we don't we, we record that often anymore, but the ideal is, I think, to record... Or at least release, Yeah. So at least once a week is the ideal. Because as you start going longer, which we, which we do, you just lose people, is what I experience. But I'm curious about what, what, what uh, release and record you started with, and what are you on now? <laughs> well,
3: Sagas and SAS is basically we're doing every, trying to do it every other week. And we're pretty consistent about it. Life has gotten in the way in the last few months. <laughs> but for the most part, we've been pretty consistent.
0: Yeah, when we were doing the live webcasts every other week was about all we could handle. Again, that's like a, that's a different thing. So once we switched to just doing podcast recordings, we still record every other week, but we record two episodes at a time at least. So we're still putting out content, um, or we are putting out content every about every week. I probably need to be better about like actually putting the content out on the same day every week, but editing takes a long time. So we'll get into that in a minute. <laughs> yeah,
2: my uh, my release schedule has gone all over the place. Uh, Demon Slayer podcast started out as weekly, then it went to monthly, then every other month, then back to weekly. Um, but now, like since I do so many podcasts, I try to at least record something once a week and then get it out onto like some feed, so at least like if there's some sort of content like that I'm involved with, like it's out there and people can listen to it, and then like they can reference the other podcasts as well. I think it ties into, it, we'll, get, we'll get to this a little bit later, is you just are, why are you podcasting?
1: If you're just doing it as a hobby, then you shouldn't feel stressed. Oh, I have to yeah. get it out now or something. If you're yeah. trying to get to the point you're monetizing or it's like of your career, then then you need to get it out frequently. But if it's a hobby, you have leeway, or once you establish an audience, they're willing to tolerate more. But when you're starting, you put an episode in and you don't do one for months later. They think you're gone. <laughs> yeah. You're <gonna> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so now let's talk about my pain, which is editing. <laughs> So I, I go by the three-to-one So I'm the main editor as well as, as a host. And so the three-to-one means every hour of recorded episode. we pretty much do recorded episodes. Um, it takes you three hours to edit, and that's a minimum,
0: I think. Oh, I think that's, I, a minimum,
1: one, yeah. well. that's a minimum, yeah. If it's video, it's even worse.
0: <laughs> I never edited the videos, honestly. But yeah, the sound for sure. I would say, it's, for me, it's probably more than... More than three hours for hour. And so. it,
1: it, it's, it's, I will mean, use a tipping analogy as well, like you go and you enjoy a really good meal, that's great. You, that's just the podcaster who records or somebody listens, but the chef who was working there in their toilet, I can see Heather in the back and putting it all together. So, but you need them. Like You, you could do you I mean, a live podcast, there's no chance for editing, or you could do a, a podcast with minimal editing, but everybody needs some editing. Everybody has ums and gaps and stuff, such like that, it actually helps. And you also, if you have a good editor, it helps the quality of the podcast because one of the things I noticed is like when you're recording with people and people kind of, everybody self-censors a little bit, a little bit. They don't say everything comes to their mind because sometimes it's good, sometimes it's horrible. So you self-censor. And so you only get, let's say, 80% of what the, the person can, can get to their 100%. but. If you know you have a good editor, then they give you 110% and the editor cuts back to 100%. So if you have a good relationship and you know the editor's going to edit, and I always tell the guests we're going to edit, we're not going to put it out a raw episode, then it can make the really good podcast increase quality. So do you have any comments on editing? I don't know if any of you editing or thoughts on that.
0: I hate it so much, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> the problem, My personal problem is I am extremely type A. <laughs> I think that if i was going to turn editing over to somebody i would probably have to write like a 30 page document on all the things that i edit out or fix etc when we first started especially with sagas and sass i mentioned earlier with uh, the geek saga podcast when i was just sharing convention panel recordings i did no editing and i do not ever listen to those episodes honestly <laughs> the current ones like. You know, like Amin said, the three to one rule, I think it's probably more than that for me just because I am very, very picky about all the things I want to remove and like not everybody's mic. That's the other thing too. Not everybody's mic quality is the same. Like until you get to the point where you're maybe earning money or have a wealthy backer or you yourself are independently wealthy and can buy everybody that you're hosting with the same microphone, et cetera, et cetera. And there's, there would still even be slight differences depending on environment, but unless you're all recording with the same exact equipment in soundproof rooms, you're probably going to need to play with sound levels and stuff too in post, which my editing journey was, I don't do any to, okay, I'm going to crop out long rants that don't need to be there. And ums, lots of ums, likes, you knows, I mean, I mean is my latest thing. I never used to cut those out and now I'm like, get rid of it. (laughs) So then again most recently I started playing with the...
1: How do you know how dog barks <laughs> know,
2: right? Maybe the dogs also hate
0: it. <laughs> they, yeah, they're, they're really yelling about it out there. So I, I started playing with the, the effects and stuff in Audacity and I'm actually playing with volume levels and we don't really have any echo issues but just generally trying to make it so that everybody sounds because I also have a problem where I trail off and my voice can get pretty low as I'm sure you can tell right now. So I will be reading a quote or something in the end of it will be like so playing with like making that louder so you can actually understand what i'm saying without having to turn your volume up to a hundred you know that sort of thing um but yeah that's again why my editing takes way too
2: long (laughs) yeah i feel editing is always the biggest pain point for any podcast uh initially when i started the demon slayer podcast we had an editor but then he got busy with life and it all got thrown onto me so i kind of like just went with it and just kept doing it and I feel like now I have it down to a formula where like yeah usually it usually takes me like three hours for like one hour of audio but sometimes if the audio is like really good and there's no issues I can maybe get down to two hours of editing but it's it's kind of tough initially like I was starting out with audacity too recently I switched to a different software called a uh, pre-sonus Studio one which uh, helped me like remove a lot of like background noise and like um uh, Kind of like isolate out like different like parts of the audio so I can just like mix and like arrange it So that's helped a little bit But it's one of those things where I feel like it's kind of helpful to be the editor when you're a podcaster Because then you kind of when you're podcasting you start to notice like the little ticks that you have or like things that you're doing that you could just like remove when you're talking or like you keep in mind so that when you get to editing, you can maybe not have to worry about it.
1: Well, that, that's an excellent point, I actually think everyone, even if you have a main editor, it is worth yourself as a podcaster to do edit a couple of episodes just to get that experience It will improve your podcasting. You can listen to yourself and, and with a critical mind. People dread silence. So when, you, when, you're, when you're talking in person with people, it, it's a little bit more, I mean, you might actually be silent because you can see them, but if you're online, you feel like you have to fill the gap. But actually, if you have nothing to say, if you're thinking about it, just be silent. It sounds weird when you're recording it, but be silent while you think, and the editor can just take that all out in like mm-hmm. one second. But if you say, what like, uh, I'm just trying to fill the silence, it's actually harder to this. <laughs> you gotta yeah. get used to that, being silent, okay, ready for the next topic thing. Um, and then you can actually add a lot of Audacity as well, like, you can smooth a lot of the stuff in Audacity. Some people use more sophisticated software where if you want to invest in that, it actually converts to a text format, and then you can kind of, like, cut out the odds of things and so they show up mm-hmm. on really quickly. But
2: it is available if you're willing to pay that, so that's cool to know. Yeah, I feel like for most use cases, Audacity is perfectly fine.
1: Yeah.
2: i feel like you really only need to invest in other software if you specifically know what that software will give you that like you need for your podcast or make like what you do easier. But yeah, most people just use Audacity. It's free. <laughs> Good. So we'll move on to distributing your podcast.
1: And uh where you put, I mean iTunes is always being the classic when we put in and we put on Google um, podcasts as well. Anyone else put anywhere else or on YouTube for example?
0: I host all of mine on my own websites. I know a lot of people will pick like a specific podcast service like Podbean or whatever and I know Spotify um, not that long ago added like a thing where you can host directly through them and whatever but I like doing it through my own website um, because then I always have a backup honestly but also when you are doing it through your own website and you just push it out through an RSS feed it goes to every podcasting service that will pick it up so You can find the Geek Saga and Sagas and Sass podcasts on every platform. Honestly, there are platforms and and apps, like podcasting apps and stuff that I've never even heard of, where if I Google one of my shows, I'll be like, what the heck is this? I've never even heard of this, but there's my show on it because I, you know, push it out through the RSS feed, so.
2: I think all my podcasts are hosted through Spotify, except for one that I don't do the editing for. Um, And yeah, I feel like... For me, at least my personal experience with it, has been pretty easy because like, I think at least Spotify for podcasters lets you do a like, similar thing where the RSS feed is not automatically sent to the platform. Like, say, I think Apple Podcasts usually have to manually do it, yeah. but uh, like usually otherwise we'll just like do it for you. It's pretty convenient. I've dabbled with YouTube a little bit, but honestly, our podcasts have never done super well on there, so I kind of just gave up. <laughs> but maybe it's somewhere to explore in the future.
0: They've been pushing. They have YouTube podcasting now, and I keep getting emails about it. And found, like telling myself, I should probably set these up on YouTube. But so we have an actual system that you
1: can before we would just convert it to yeah YouTube, it's kind of a image of something and upload it it catches people that are there that are different. Audio.
0: yeah i haven't explored it yet so i don't know what it, like how different it is from just uploading your audio as a video or whatever i mean i'm sure they're calling it youtube podcasting so it is actually just an audio thing um but yeah i haven't i haven't looked into it too much i don't know if i would and it, since it just started i would say maybe don't choose that as your main like host quite yet yeah.
2: for instance <laughs> like a dedicated section on your like YouTube channel, so that's kind of the nice thing that like all your podcasts will just be all there. But yeah, I think that, that's something I want to explore as well. Actually,
3: I don't think we want to go to YouTube directly because sometimes you know, people are quickly finishing dinner as we start. <laughs> Which we wouldn't be doing if we knew we were actually going to be live on the
0: <laughs> You say that, and yet we've had that happen. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Alright, we've got about uh,
1: ten minutes left. If anyone has a burning question, they can come up. We have one main topic to cover to come up with any questions. But what we're gonna be talking about is two really related to the topics, promoting your podcast, and then just the idea of monetizing. And, and they both go to the ultimate root of what are you trying to do with your podcast? Is it a goal? And I think it's a spectrum really. Like it, it, it could be a pure hobby and it could be a hobby where I can like, maybe I'll try to get some money to make up for my time, and then it could be no, I actually want to monetize it. So I want see where you call on that spectrum, or even if you're not where the monetizing side. You know what's Some good options there. Then, anyone with Patreon or other sites like that, or advertising, or have done paid advertising. So, curious if anyone has experience, and you know, we'd maybe from the audience as well. But uh, let's talk
2: about that. Voting we'll or monetizing the market. Does anyone actually do that here? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I do monetize. <laughs> um. So yeah, I actually recently started doing monetization because now I think for select podcasts, Spotify for podcasters allows you to add like. Uh, new ads into your podcast that are just automatically curated by Spotify. So those have been doing pretty well for us. But that being said, I haven't really explored any other avenues like getting like direct sponsors. I've gotten a few offers in the past, but honestly like I it's never been from like companies that I've been interested in and the payout hasn't really been worth it because I don't want my podcast to just be like a giant ad read. Uh, and, like, personally for me since I already work in entertainment, it's not, like, my podcasts are something I do for fun. Mm -hmm. Like, whatever, like, uh, profit or, like, attention they get is kind of, like, a nice little bonus on top.
0: Yeah, I don't, I haven't monetized, um, anything directly, but a lot of it is because, like, I've gotten a couple offers, you know, but I don't, nothing that I would want to interrupt, you know, my recording to insert an ad about. Um, we do have a Patreon, so there's that, and that can be. Ours isn't very big in terms of money per month, but it's enough to help pay for the hosting and stuff, which is nice. But you know, if you're gonna use Patreon, you really have to research what you're going to offer based on what other podcasts or similar services offer um, and make sure that you're giving people something that they're gonna feel is worth paying for, which is a lot harder than you would think because weirdly enough for me, it's really just people who want to support us and less like I don't very rarely do they actually listen to the early releases of the episodes or anything they wait until they're live on Spotify or wherever so if you have like a good friend base that's willing to help support you that's awesome Um, but if you don't you really need to put the work into curating a Patreon that's going to actually give people something that they want and that's like honestly half a job in and of itself and keeping up with it can be Exhausting. <laughs> On top of all the recording and editing, etc. I, mean,
1: I actually don't like to. When I listen to other podcasts, I don't like to listen to ads. That, so that's why mm-hmm. I don't put it in my own. But, yeah. I, but I can tolerate it though. But I do really like the podcast, It's kind of like fast forward. So I don't like to put ads. But I feel like if, if some people offer free giveaways for the audience. And I'm like, okay, I'll put yeah. ads and get free teacher or whatever or that that kind of thing. Or but yeah other than that maybe it's, well, no, i think vassal's sometimes got some youtube revenue i think because they they put it on youtube and they had ads from that so that's also an option but it's not easy. easy but if you get as he was talking about this last year when he says like if you get to about you know, five or ten thousand subscribers or more at that point people do start coming out and be able to mm-hmm. start offering to do ad and, pay this and put it in. so you will hear from people so yeah. yeah i
3: mean i think vassals gets about 50 to 100 dollars a month from various sources. Primarily the money just put right back into the hosting and then additional money. And the community is so big, it's just you know, pay, pay $2 each host, just make no sense. So <laughs> I think it's mostly donated to charity. <laughs> okay, just
1: wanna do one more topic here: is transferable skills. Into and out of podcasting. Uh, one initial point I would make is when you listen to some of your earlier podcasts, it's actually kind of like a diary. You can think, oh, I had that view about something five or ten years ago. It's another reason to do podcasting just to see how you change over time. But I think there's all of the skills you can bring into podcasting and take out. If you already have public speaking skills, then great, you can bring it in. If you don't, you need to work on it. It's a good place to practice it on a topic you're passionate about. And then you can transfer that skill out to work on something you're not passionate about. And you use it there. So Interesting. Do you have any other transferable skills and experiences where you brought in skills from work or vice versa? You, you developed something that may be useful outside
0: of podcasting. My day job has nothing to do with any of this, so <laughs> nothing from my nothing from day job has really transferred to this. But I would say the opposite. I would say that just being a moderator, particularly of convention panels, podcasts, whatever. Um, not only gives you that public speaking experience, but it gives you like organizational skills and, you know, kind of that ability to think of something to say at the drop of a hat. And that's definitely helped me in presenting stuff for my day job. And also, honestly, I think in getting my current day job, like with interviews and everything. So that's a plus. I'm I'm one of those people
2: that puts my podcast on my like actual resume. Like when I was like applying to a lot of like entertainment and gaming jobs back in the day, it actually got a lot more attention on my resume because of that. I guess in my current job, since like Prime Video internationally has a lot of like anime, for instance, um, being knowledgeable about that stuff and talking about it has been helpful in the office in like various ways. So it's been interesting seeing that kind of like little connect happen. Oh, we got some questions here.
4: Yes, first, um, I want to applaud you for all your podcast and everything. A lot of you sound like you're doing just because. You want to share your knowledge and your wisdom and everything, and I applaud you for that. That is awesome. Thank you. Yeah. But if you want to monetize your podcast, it's intellectual property. How do you go about protecting it? Have y'all ever looked into different ways of protecting it? Because we all know when something gets on the web, it's free game. Right. So I'm just curious if y'all have looked into any ways of maybe protecting it or doing things. Just, so it's a good question. Well, when we upload, we have to upload to the Internet Archive and we choose a license that maintains,
1: so you have to choose what license you're putting in. Right, if it goes on there, somebody just uses it, and you, in theory, you have to follow some legal means to follow up on that. Thankfully, I've never experienced that. It makes a yeah. my work, and, and we are not monetizing it. So I wouldn't be able to speak more on it Probably we just have to search on it, but I do know that when we upload it, we choose a particular license that retains the class. We don't give up control. Over it so you, you upload if you go with some private service, for example, like and you upload to them, in their terms it might be something where they get they get your IP. So that is something to be careful with where you upload it and what you're following is to be the, the, the license and all that but beyond that it can have that Honestly, I've never really thought about it. Luckily
2: none of my pockets have ever been like uploaded by someone else, like so yeah. us. The monkey on that front.
0: Yeah, I've never had a problem either, but same as Amin, just um, having the licenses on your end and then also a simple thing because I upload them to my websites, having a copyright notice like this is copyrighted to me at the bottom of each page of the website. I mean, honestly, it's all it's all kind of smoke and mirrors like somebody can still take it at the end of the day. But again, that's never happened. But if somebody does, it's really it's easier than you would think to get a takedown.
1: Yeah, it you can it, once know. you get enough listeners, who's going to listen to that fake one? Right? yeah. yeah. From, it's almost like it's almost, why do you need to steal from you? Yeah, there's it's, also it's, so it's, many it's podcasts
0: that's like yeah. Yeah. somebody would really I don't, I don't I don't even know how they would make any money or anything off of it if they're just going around stealing other people's podcasts. And maybe that's why it doesn't seem to happen very much. <laughs>
1: we got two minutes so one more question. Okay. I had a couple
4: questions. So my wife and I have been married for years. So we're going to do something based on our relationship, but also the fact that. I'm a pretty good storyteller. I, just, I remember so many things, but I lose my keys on a daily basis. It's so <laughs> kind of weird that way. And so I didn't get past, for instance, uh, we did a kind of a practice session and put on headsets. And I did postmasters for a long time So I found myself going to postmaster mode while I was talking. And she's like, you're really boring on the microphone. <laughs> and I'm like, I know, because I keep trying to edit myself as I'm talking so I need to be more relaxed. But a couple of questions I have for you: What is a good time frame for a podcast, for instance, a half hour, hour? What what keeps the audience?
1: You know, how long can you keep an audience entertained? Right. We Quick answer in a couple of minutes. But I say half hard to hour is a good starting point. Okay
0: when we actually first started sagas and sass um one of our co-hosts was like nobody's gonna listen to this two-hour recording we just did and i was like are you kidding me most of the podcasts i listen to are two hours long (laughs) so i think it really just it depends on the audience that you're trying to gain um i think like with a literature podcast it's really easy and okay to go w- well over an hour you know 90 minutes two hours but if you're doing more of like a short form thing um like if you're doing like if you wanted to do one about relationships i would stick to 30 minutes honestly okay so uh, it really depends on the subject is
3: that it's just going
4: it to be us two? but my question was and also secured would it be good to have a moderator for instance to sort of moderate us as we are doing it or would it just be us two? that that, that was a question that came up during our time. Because
3: my son has done podcasts, and I'm wondering, should I have to moderating us? Would that an good idea? 30 seconds. I would test it. Yeah. I would, yeah. I would. run a couple of tests either way. Yeah. And then feel what what sounds better to maybe try to test it out. Don't be afraid first. to release it. Yeah. Don't be okay. like I don't want to. I'll going and see how people respond. Okay, and then the last question
4: is, uh, just like when you write stuff, you usually write like five pages and you edit it down to a certain page, you know. When you're doing your podcast, if you have like a, a number of how much you do and then you, you're cutting stuff out, like you, you record
1: two hours at the end was an hour. We, we do cut down sometimes, but you can also put things in an after show or keep it. And okay. Just get it down and edit it down, that's the way to do it. Don't, don't self censor while you're recording. Yeah, okay, yeah. All right. Thank you, I all the information. Thanks, everyone, for coming.
0: Thank you for listening to the Geek Saga podcast. If you like what you heard, please check out other Geek Saga entertainment endeavors, including the Sagas and Sass webcast and podcast and Ice and Fire Con.